Hello! Welcome to the best idea of all time. I'm Alice. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I'm very sure, unsure of everything these days. <laughs> I'm Laser, and Alice just introduced herself as Laser to our guest, and it was great. Yes, yes, I did. I got, I got our, our, our two names wrong. <laughs> uh, this is a podcast where we watch the movie Carol every week for a year. Every week for a year. This is episode 16. We're recording on Carol Day. On Carol Day, April 17th. Um, how did you spend your Carol Day? I spent it in your house and looking at an apartment. We'll talk about it more, I imagine, once we introduce our guests. How did no, you spend course. your Carol Day? I spent my Carol Day making a very silly video that we posted to Twitter. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. We should get to our guests. So <laughs> super honored to have. Um, you know her from her solo album, Wild River, from her bands, Katie Ellen and formerly Chumped. We have Anika Pyle. Um, hi, I'm Laser. Um, formerly, <laughs> formerly known as Anika Pyle. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I feel like I was like, I have so many questions. I was like, I'm going to spend this whole time just asking them questions about oh, watching gosh. Carol every week. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Did you just watch Carol? I know you I, watched it a lot. I just, okay, I just watched Carol for the very first time in December of last year. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I just, great. I'm like fresh off. Carol, like I just watched it. Uh -huh. so, okay, so like, it's like like moments ago. Moments like ago. it's like yeah. it's hot on the dome. Yeah, yep. yep. Us yeah. too. Us too. Uh, incredible. Can I just say, just because the listener isn't seeing it, can you just describe a little bit what you would say is the aesthetic of your your wall behind you? Oh yes, because um, it is amazing. Thank you. I have a collection of art. Mm uh many ladies um mm -hmm. uh ladies clothed and unclothed some weavings yeah. um that i've been some flowers um yeah it's just a wall of different good. art that i've collected for the past like 20 years can I say, and I hope that you take this the right way, it looks kind of like what Abby would have in her house. I feel like this Ooh. is the inside of Abby's living room. Absolutely. That? She's just I like, like I don't give a heck. I'm queer. Look at my naked lady. <laughs> um, I love that. Yeah, that makes me feel good. That's the that's the highlight of my day so far. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, good. And it's also her color scheme. It's got kind of the cottage core color Ooh, scheme, which yeah. she was, uh, I feel like she invented. Yeah, she, she, loves, she loves a green and a, and a brown plaid. Mm. Yeah. OG. Well, we we usually ask people how they got into Carol. I know Alice has a lot of questions for you. Yeah. Uh, but I want to. But we usually start like, so you got you just watched Carol in December, the month of Carol. Mm -hmm. Why did you watch it? How did you feel? How did it change your life? Okay, so I was playing some shows um, in December. Uh, my faded shows where I contracted the novel coronavirus, COVID nineteen. Um, but I was with some dear friends of mine and we were like rolling around in New Jersey because we were playing some shows in New Jersey and we were talking about the holidays and like you know how it's a complicated time but there's beauty mm -hmm. in it and my I was with my friend Lou and my friend Kylie and somehow they got on the subject of Carol and they were like, oh my God, Carol this, Carol that. And I was like, what the fuck is Carol? And they were, they <laughs> I feel like <laughs> they were like, we were driving and I feel like, like the car, like, you know, like, <laughs> and they both turned around and they were like, what did you just say? And I was like, what's Carol? And they were like, 
whoa, okay, you have homework to do. Um, yeah. So, you know, we play the show, I get COVID and I'm sitting there. And so Lou sends me a list of um, like classic lesbian cinema homework, basically. Mm. And number one on the list was Carol. And that's how Very I- Very true. Very good. Yeah. yeah, it was good. Well, can I, I, I'm curious, what else was on the list? Okay. Um, Desert Hearts. Yes. Um, high Art. Uh, okay, that one I'm not familiar with. I couldn't, I have to admit that I couldn't get through it, actually. It's a lot That's... of gratuitous cocaine use. It was like mm. the 90s, like, art, very like, well, it's called High Art, so you can, you know. Um, yeah. But. Uh, I, g- I get what they're doing. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? Oh, my gosh. Um, uh, um, uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Portrait of a Girl on Fire. Yes. Um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Incredible. Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Very good. Um, the I can't remember if Ammonite was on the list or if I just mm. like uh, jumped to that afterward. Yeah. Um, and then what else was there? I wouldn't call that like classic exactly. More like sure. Modern. No. But um, yeah. uh, Fried Green Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was like, you should write a blog post about this. She doesn't have a blog, but I was like, you should start a blog and then write a blog post about this. It's really helpful. And then retire your blog. Exactly. Just One blog on. post. It is these recommended movies. Tumblr <laughs> is coming back. It's totally happening. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what did you think of Carol? How did it compare to the other uh, f- films you were watching? Um, I loved Carol. I thought that it was, yeah, I just thought it was such a beautiful like like aesthetically so unique i think from like the cinematography in the movie is something that is just really striking and it's mm-hmm. beautiful yeah which is why i was like oh my god i wonder what it's like to watch this movie not in december you know um <laughs> in every season of the year um and just like the i don't know the like use of the there's like this playfulness of color, but the story is very mesmerizing, um, mm-hmm. relatable. Um, and, you know, I think I had just, something I also did when I had COVID was read this 700 page book about basically the history of the gay civil rights mm. movement in America. And so it was an interesting companion to that because you know i was like going on this journey and thinking about carol being you know separated from her child and how that was something that happened so often you can see the evolution Mm -hmm. of that from you know what we're seeing today and uh yeah i just thought it was like so like it's also just like so sad it's so it's like this happy sad you know you have this like happy sad Mm -hmm. feeling about it and i just think that that it embodies a lot of what it's like to like become as a person, you know, especially like totally. Yeah. I don't know. I thought I, I look forward to it being my, you know, December, maybe every month tradition, <laughs> but definitely like my, my <laughs> new favorite yeah, I recommend holiday watching it every week. But yeah. You watch it on Carol day. That's a really good day to watch it. If you're going to watch an additional Carol. It, so wait, so is that because it's Mara Rooney's birthday? 
it's it's yeah. three things. It's Mara Rooney's birthday. It's also in the movie the day that they meet in this the scene that bookends the movie at the beginning and the end. Um, in the restaurant, uh-huh. they meet on April seventeenth. You, you see Carol's um, hand delivered note to Therese that says, or um, handwritten note to Therese that says, "Please meet me tonight." On and it's April seventeenth. Uh-huh. It's also the day the anniversary of the day they filmed the sex scene in the movie. Oh wow. Oh, okay. That's fun. Okay. I picked a good day to be on the podcast. Great job. Great work. Um, How did this watch hit you differently if if it did? And and we should also answer this question because it's watch 16 for us. This is true. Yes. Wow. That's so crazy. Um, Well, I feel like I would I, you know, I noticed I was like, okay, let me try to notice things that I didn't notice last time. Um, mm-hmm. And I, so I feel like it was more of a detail watch, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, of course, I missed the a key detail of April seventeenth, <laughs> um, which is why you're gonna have. So I'm gonna important. have to watch it some more. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I think the tragedy of the story hit me more this time around mm-hmm. than it did the first time around. Yeah. I was feeling sad for everybody involved. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, it is sad. There's a general despair and hopelessness out there in the world. So maybe I'm just reading it through, you yeah. know, my I mean and last time you watched it you had COVID, so you were happier. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't it know how like maybe I was just searching I needed some good, you know, or reaching mm-hmm. for the good, but um yeah, I'm like been feeling really sad for a lot of things lately. So I feel like I was just feeling this ache for everyone. Um, Understandable. Yeah. 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 What about what about y'all? How do you feel? Um, I think we had a good watch. Yeah, it was a good watch. Time. We really like this movie. I don't want to like mm-hmm. uh, talk out of turn here, but I, it's one of my favorite things I do every week. Still. Yeah. It's still um, a highlight. Still a highlight. Loved it. We love. We we spoke a lot. We said every line for the first. I would say twenty minutes. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Last watch, we did say the lines pretty much the whole movie through. Yeah. With Molly, so. Yeah. We do I, know a lot of lines. We know most of the lines. We know all the songs in the background now too. Yep. Um. What did we notice? Um. Oh, you said a couple things. Okay. You said, "Oh, there's this guy at the restaurant." In the in like the hotel restaurant that they meet at the beginning and end, that we think looks like Freud. You think he looks like Freud? I I I never noticed him until much later. Yeah, <laughs> but we watched him very closely in the background of the shot, and it kind of looks like he blows a kiss to Rooney Mara in the yeah. middle of that scene. <laughs> Interesting. It's at the end of the movie when they um when Carol is approaching the table, she sees Therese at the table. She walks across the, she walks from the left uh, across the screen, and as he, she's doing that, he just like parts his lips and looks like he blows her a little kiss. Yeah, he <gasps> stares at them. It's like really bad extra etiquette. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. He's like just looking at the action the whole time. Yes. <laughs> so if you if you decide that you want to watch this movie 15 more times, yeah. um encourage you to look for that. Find Freud. Freud. We must yeah. find him and bring him on the podcast though. Yeah. I, I said that during that. the movie. Yeah. <laughs> what else was your the th- other thing you noticed, do you remember? It I was don't. that they keep getting caught. Oh yeah, the, because if you think about them at the restaurant with Jack catching them, mm-hmm. them at K- 
carols when Harge comes in mm-hmm. and then them on the road trip with Tommy Tucker, they're always mm-hmm. getting caught and observed. Like we talked about this a little bit, I think last week about how they're, they are being oppressed, but it's more of a high societal oppression. It's a lot more like browbeating. It's not like someone's s- shouting homophobic slurs at them necessarily. Right. Um, but they do get caught a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a recurring theme. Yeah. And you were saying yeah. that's not in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, in, yeah. In, in, in the novel, like, they don't have the... Harge doesn't come in when, when Therese goes to visit Carol's house. And then also they get caught primarily because Therese writes a letter to Carol, leaves it behind when they go on the road trip, and Florence, the maid, finds it and sells it to Harge. Whoa. They do. They do. They are also getting recorded and trailed by a private detective, but they confront him, and his he does basically doesn't have anything on his tapes. Oh, interesting. Mm. I have to read the book. I haven't read the book. It's on my list, my Goodreads list, but I need to read it. Yeah, it's super interesting because it's from Teresa's point of view, and mm. the characterization's fairly different. I think. I think I'm safe saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, I, I was thinking. A, a moment that struck me, which I guess might fall into them sort of getting caught or like exposed, is when Richard is like Therese is leaving for the trip, and Richard is mm. like, "Well, you have this big crush on this girl," and mm-hmm. I've I wondered. I remember thinking this sort of the first time around, and then I came back to it the second time around. I'm like, is he saying? You know, how in what context is he using crush? Like, you know, mm-hmm. is this how we would use crush in 2022? Or is this supposed to be sort of like a dated, like, oh, your girl mm. crush, you know? And I wondered mm. what he was, you know, what they meant to imply by that scene. Um, yeah. Well, so it, they do have that conversation about falling in love with someone of the same sex earlier in the movie. And mm. he does he does specifically say, are you in love with a girl? And Therese just says no, because she keeps saying no to him all the time. Yeah, right. Um, but in the in, in the book, the, he does confront her. And like some of the letters he writes to her are very just like, I know you are a lesbian. I'm going to tell everyone in town you're a lesbian. You're, it's going to be so mm. embarrassing for you. Mm. So I think there's definitely I think it's definitely in the in, the, I guess, the modern sense of it being a romance. Yeah. OK, OK. I think, I think it's interesting to think of like how much Richard is. He's very clueless, though, mm. for a lot of it. And, like, mm-hmm. how much is he actually imagining that this is happening? And how much is he just, like, totally, like, uh, I, I it's going with a girl. This is wild. Yeah. Why are they f- gals being pals all the time? Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it was an interesting moment that I gave me pause to reanalyze. <laughs> <laughs> very fair. I mean, you know, she made him buy boat tickets. And that's yeah. I, that scene. Well, we, that was we I was like that scene. Yeah. How many? How many? You know, the you made me do X. I was like, oh wow. Yeah. If I had a dollar for every time I heard that one. <laughs> <laughs> Very real. Um, Alice, you have questions? Yeah, I do. Um, so I wanted to ask. Um, you so this came up uh, for me. I'm a member of your Patreon, and you wrote an uh, entry in uh, on your Patreon, and you also wrote a song specifically inspired by the movie. Can you tell us a little more about that? Yes, I can. Um, yeah, so I watched this movie, and then I was thinking 
about um, just like what it's like to witness the like I don't know I mentioned the ache earlier like that mm-hmm. like this kind of ache of like that's who I am or that's what I want you know kind of like the scene in the movie where Therese is behind the counter and she sees Carol for the first time and there's like this kind of like electricity and yeah you know like then there's the train and the train is off and then the train is on and then there's kind mm-hmm. of like um yeah, just that moment where you're kind of like, oh, well, like, you know, a friend of mine would call it the oh shit moment where you're like, oh shit, mm. you know, I, you know, like girls are hot or, you know, oh shit, like I'm, <laughs> I don't feel normal, whatever. Um, and so I was kind of thinking about that. And then I ended up extrapolating that feeling and reflecting on sort of maybe some of my own oh shit moments. Um and not really being able to pinpoint and sort of feeling like, you know, wanting to clarify my own story of my own queerness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so then I wrote the song that I was thinking about. Um, yeah, it's called I Think I'm Gay or something. <laughs> <laughs> Watching two ladies making out again Feeling like maybe I wish that I was there You held my hand, the world came down What am I gonna do now? I just wanna be touched Just wanna be 
it's a great, you know, it's a great title. I yeah. really like that. Thank it's you. A, it's a great song. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, I was like, is this stupid? Maybe, but <laughs> it's just how I feel right now. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. No, it's totally real. Um, because you wrote a song a few years ago called Poetry vs. Reason, mm -hmm. which was also, I think, addressing your queer identity. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think for me, as, as a fan of yours for a long time, that was the first time I necessarily, I guess, clocked it because you, you said it out loud and you, and you talked about it. But um, it was a little surprising to me at the time. Do you want to talk about Poetry vs. Reason? Yeah. Yeah. That song was a brave, like felt like a brave song for me to write and release and was definitely the first time that I had like sort of expressed publicly the, um, yeah, I guess an attempt to come into my own queerness, which is something that, you know, I hadn't talked much about out in the real world. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to put out that song and then kind of like submit a reflection with it too. And um, the whole concept of the song is like sort of like a Venn diagram about, you know, how we like to reduce people to like, you're either, you know, driven by your emotions or you're driven by rationality. And sometimes like, you know, like normal, perfect people somehow land in the middle, which is like a total myth, you know? Um, mm -hmm. and I was just thinking about how I've never really felt like I could put myself in a box, whether that's with my, you know, sexual identity or my gender expression or just like still trying to sort of like formulate who I am. Um, mm. And so being a lot more poetry versus a reasonable, rational, like, you know, you're X, Y, Z. Um, I kind of gravitated towards the idea that like we're sort of always in motion and like always in form and we're a little bit like in jammed, you know, we're not like these perfect replicas of, um, you know, person A, person B or person C. We're like, yeah, we're constantly writing our own stories and writing our own narratives and yeah, sort of constantly becoming and I think that's been a process for me that uh, come has come with a lot of like repression and a lot of trauma mm -hmm. as it has for many of us. Um, and so that song is sort of about like that process um, and not feeling like almost feeling like coming into my own queerness has, you know, feeling like in some ways it's caused harm to others and like um like I'm never getting it right and mm, that's real that's very real yeah and like I'm not you know like I don't know exactly where I belong um mm -hmm. so yeah I I'm looking forward to playing that song on tour in a couple weeks um mm -hmm. and yeah, I think it embodies a lot of I, I see sort of I think I'm gay or something. Um <laughs> next, mm -hmm. like part two of Poetry versus Reason. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. And I actually I thought I thought of that when I was listening to I think I'm gay. It, it feels like a progression with you being more comfortable with that, which I think is which I think is amazing. Um 
Uh, okay, so we are not a gotcha journalism podcast. <laughs> I am. I am. I am. I've been meeting. I've been wanting to ask you, ask you this for a long time. Um, earlier in your career, you've written two different songs. One's called Eleanor, which was a, was a, was a chump song, and another is called Rosie. Mm-hmm. And those, to me, as a queer woman, very much sound like love songs to other women. Yeah, Rosie is definitely a a a, a love song to another woman, form, mm-hmm. formed from a poem. Um, Eleanor is a. This is like <laughs> Eleanor is like a metaphor for. Um, ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I think you're allowed to be a nerd about your own. Yes, please. <laughs> I don't think it's like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually El- know my songs better than you. So <laughs> gonna, I just like you know I'm like um yeah I like when I was like studying philosophy like not that there's anything wrong with that um anyway yeah. uh <laughs> yeah Eleanor is kind of a love song to many things some some like, like people and a time in my life sort of like all around yeah. one um it makes total sense and um yeah i like that it has a can be can have a queer reading to it um definitely not as direct as rosie which is like a sleeper it's a buried sleeper hit most people yeah that song's not even on their radar you know so Mm-hmm. I like that it's on yours. You played it on your Patreon live stream last month, which helped. I did. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Amazing. Cool. Um, so I, you- I, I just have to say, I love this like gotcha <laughs> queer journalism, but also um, as a songwriter, also I going back to songs I wrote 10 years ago and the being like, oh, this is actually a song about being gay or being non-binary. Like it happens to me all the time. Like mm-hmm. stuff I didn't even realize at the mm-hmm. time is like, and then other people did. They're like, oh, is this like a, you know, like a non-binary autistic anthem? And I'm like, no, this is a song about pizza. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, and then it's just like, oh, wait, hold on. Yeah. Uh, art f- freak does that to you sometimes. Yeah. It's, yeah. Nice to ha- it's nice to have a reader, you know, on your own. Yeah. You don't even know what's happening. And someone's like, I think I know what's happening here. (laughs) Well, okay. I'll I'll just say, because it's like one of my favorite songs, Eleanor, it being a metaphor for a time makes total sense, but to me is very similar to the story of of Carol, where you have this essentially, I feel like you in the song, you're building up this other woman who is worldly and, and was, was, experienced more so and mm. it feels very much like a like a therese carroll relationship and I've, I've thought that for for years and so um it's something i've always wanted to ask so thank thank you for talking about it yeah oh my gosh yeah of course um you mentioned that you're going out on tour soon um in another one of your songs windy city off wild river you talk about driving the i-90 west to chicago mm-hmm. which is what they do in the movie sort <laughs> of. Oh, see, look i didn't even know <laughs> That this was so my you've been Therese yeah. for years. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah, but yeah. I, I was curious. You, you've been on tour a few times uh, across the country. Laser, you've also been on tour. What do you What do you both think of the road trip that they go on? Um. Well, I love that they have a p- picnic basket with beer and sandwiches. Um, <laughs> I was like, I want a picnic basket for tour. Right. It's a little mm-hmm. too big. Actually, you know what I thought? Actually, this is a thought that I had, and we had to look it up. I was like, they must be so fucking cold. This is what I thought mm. about them driving yes. around in the car. 
And I was like, mm-hmm. did the car have heat? This was like something I needed to know. I was like, we have to look mm-hmm. this up. Like, does the car have heat? And it turns out that heated car systems, um, this is like a huge tangent, but uh, were invented <laughs> in like the late 18, like 1893, I think it was, mm. by a woman who was like, I want like heat in my car. Um, and then it didn't become... I think 1906 was like the first time they installed it. And then like from there on, it could, it was like a luxury feature and it wasn't until like 1949 or something. Mm -hmm. Someone should fact check this, um, Mm -hmm. that they put it into every car. So Mm. I'm like, and then I was like, well, what exact year does Carol take place in? Because they cheers to 1952. McKin- 1952. Okay, I was like, I knew it was the 1950s, but I was like, all right, they're cheersing mm-hmm. to McKinley, like, you know, I can. They're cheersing to McKinley because they're staying in the McKinley Hotel oh! in the presidential suite. <laughs> yeah, that that took me a, a few watches. Yeah, I was like, is this like some sort of? I was like, this doesn't really help me, but maybe I can. Mm. Like, yeah. Okay, that's really funny. Yeah, so it's, there you it's, go. It's... December 1952 into 1953. That's when Eisenhower is getting inaugurated. That's the that's one of the themes that the that was also the, 1952 is actually the year the book was released. Also, so Phyllis Nagy, the screenwriter, wanted to set it in that same time just to make oh. it authentic to um, Patricia Highsmith's life. Yeah, right. Mm. I think I have said this before about the road trip. I mean, obviously, this movie is all about just like showing particular scenes from things. Mm-hmm. They don't do anything on the road trip in that we see other than drive a car and stay in a hotel yeah. which is actually a little bit like touring that's exactly. kind of what i was, yeah. that's what I was wondering yeah <laughs> it's just, like, yeah. Uh, just like everything is kind of just a motel or uh-huh. the road but staring it, out the window longingly that there's long sound checks in between <laughs> yeah um, yeah that but, it, yeah i was actually as i was watching them check into the drake hotel and carol mm-hmm. lays on the bed and she's like wow a real bed i was like i know that feeling <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> a big mood. Oh, and I did want to say one more thing. There is a um we know way too much about this movie, yes. by the way. Um, but there is an IMDB blooper. Yep. Like on IMDB, they're like, we gotcha. And one of the gotchas is people should be colder in this movie. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, so I noticed the, the the morning they go to um, no, when they're in Chicago and they're going to Waterloo, mm-hmm. Carol's wearing a blazer over a blouse, and then she wears her fur all over that. Mm-hmm. So, and I was thinking, I remember, I was literally thinking this today while we were watching. That must be really warm, but I guess I, I'm forgetting that it was Chicago in in December. It was very cold that year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also brought. I also started this by talking about the I ninety West into Chicago. But oh, yes. my mm-hmm. other favorite fact is that the interstate was not actually built at the time of the movie takes place. And so when Tommy Tucker t- says take the interstate, he they couldn't because it did not exist yet. Yeah. Oh, Loops. interesting. Well, because Eisenhower yeah. was like the guy who built all the interstates. So mm-hmm. right. So yeah, that makes sense. For better or worse, I guess. Yeah. 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 I feel like there's another, there's like a big, maybe I'm like making this up because I had COVID brain fog, but I feel like there's a mm-hmm. big blooper in the movie. Like, yes. Mm. Like, what I'm is so it? I'm excited for this. What is it? I, oh. I can't remember, but I know it's okay. there. And I'm like, I didn't see it this time. And oh, I'm like, two Wait, women what? kissing. That's, oh, um, <laughs> Yeah, there isn't a ma- uh, there isn't a, a strong male character in this movie yeah. for the entirety of it. That's a big mistake. So, <laughs> um, 
what are the blue? I mean, I none of them were that big. Yeah, uh, that I can remember. I feel yeah, like maybe it was like um, there was like, see, and this is why. Well, I'm gonna have to watch it again now. Uh-huh. I feel like maybe it was one of those things where, you know, there's like a glass on the oh. dresser, oh. and then they pan to a something else, and then they pan back, and the glass is gone. I feel like it was like something like that. But gotcha. there's at least one of those, if I remember correctly. I can't, I can't recall what it specifically is, but there's I feel one, like well, when they're in the. <laughs> Great question, yeah. by the way. In <laughs> Philadelphia, um, at the diner. Oh, yes. Uh, Therese's bag moves from one side of this chair to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. also when Carol is taking a shower, her nails aren't painted, which they say is a blooper because her nails are throughout the rest of the film painted. But she could have painted her nails. Right. So Yeah. You know, but she said yeah. she was going to be back in a minute so they could get food. Yeah. And how how fast is the nail polish drying? Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do the science. <laughs> All right, I'm going to order some 1950s nail polish. Yeah. Um, does that bring us to Carol Collection Corner? Yeah, in, let's in do the, the Carol Collection okay. Corner for this week. Okay. So, um, you are a musician, and I thought it would be appropriate to. Okay, Car- uh, Alice has been uh, buying all of the props from this movie, oh my God. which is why we have Betsy Wetsy, oh, and why we where she has why she has the uh, so they're not the exact oh my God props obviously but they're the ones this is incredible like the movie um, we have like lamps we have hats whoa so <gasps> this is the um, Reverly Reverie. Deluxe T five hundred tape recorder, wow. which is which is the tape recorder that Tommy Tucker uses. Yep. I also ordered some magnetic tapes. Oh Holy my god! Shit. Uh, this I was able to find pretty easily. I had I, I posted on Reddit in one of the like old radio subreddits, and, and I asked someone to help me identify the microphone, and they Whoa. said it's a Sure CR eighty one, but those are a hundred dollars, and I really didn't want to buy one for the wow. purpose of this podcast. Sure's but, yeah. been around, huh? Yeah. Wow. Um. So this is this is the tape recorder that. Yeah. That Tommy Tucker uses. Oh, not my not the god. literal one in the movie, but the same model. Yeah, to bust them. Oh my god, that's amazing. You gotta make some lesbian. I was gonna things. say you yeah. gotta do something fun with that. <laughs> some really fun. Um, I'm noticing it says on it two hours play, so we had to change the tape every two hours. That's good to know. Yeah, a lot of good details we're getting from this. Uh, that looks heavy. That's amazing. I want to make a so whole cool. album just on the Carol sex tape. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, it doesn't look like it currently could be used, but I'm so excited to see it, if you could make it work. I believe the eBay listing said it was working, so who knows? Wow. If wow. it doesn't, there's no chance in hell I'm going to be able to repair it, but um, it'll be a nice piece for the museum. Yeah. <laughs> but it's going to look great somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Exactly. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah. So I, I, I had a couple other things that I that I was thinking about. One, we mentioned IMDb earlier, and I was just randomly looking at the IMD page for Sin City earlier this week, okay. and whoever wrote that was clearly a dude who is very sexist because it was because there were a lot of really, really negative, like bad comments about like. Jessica Alba played a stripper, but she didn't want to appear naked, so she could, she's not a good actress. Oh God! Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, I it made me actually a little surprised that the Carol. I guess I shouldn't be because the audience I think is mostly queer women, but yeah. the the Carol facts are a lot tamer than that. 
I mean, yeah, there are some very pedantic car ones, but other than that, <laughs> wait, what are they? <laughs> oh, there's like one of the cars in the background had was just released that year, and the car is too worn out yes. for <laughs> how old it would have been in the movie, and the yep. tires are the wrong. It's like really they mm -hmm. okay, buddy. <laughs> Also, there is one part in the movie where um, Carol starts her car, but you've been hearing her engine run the entire time. <laughs> uh, it's when they say goodbye to Richard. He's like, I love you. And she's like, uh-huh. Um, and then Carol starts her car, but the car has been running. Um, I feel like I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've done that. Yeah, I, I think I have, yeah. <laughs> you really, really want to get away from a straight man. That's what you want to do. Yeah. All right. Aniko, what did you think of Abby? Um, I love Abby. I feel like every, answer. everybody needs an Abby in their lives. Like, I love yeah. when Harge comes over and Abby's like, fuck you, dog. <laughs> and what does she say? She's like, Oh, he's like, I love her. And she's like, I can't help you with that. And she just closes yes. the door. And I'm like, I need more Abby energy in my life. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I love Abby. Also, I love Sarah Catherine Sarah Catherine Paulson. Oh my God. What a mouthful. Um mm -hmm. so yeah, I love Abby. I'm I think she's a good friend. She's a good friend and a miracle, I think. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, she's a, she's she's a she's a lot more judgy in the book, mm, and in in, in in and I've also been looking at the screenplay. In, in in the in the original screenplay, there were more scenes where she gets to be a little more judgy, like judgy of Carol's like C Carol impulsive. Carol dating Therese. Yes, yeah. Well, actually, this is something else I, I learned. Um, this is why I brought up IMDb earlier. Um, Mia Wachowski was no Mia Wasikowski was supposed to play Therese originally. Um, but then she couldn't do it, and they got Rooney Mara, who was their first choice. Mia Wasikowski is five years younger than Rooney Mara. Oh wow, that would have been a different vibe. And, yeah, and so I was thinking about it because like Rooney Mara was like twenty nine when they shot this. She does look younger, but Mia Wasikowski mm. would have been like twenty four. Mm. And so I feel like that would have been it. It might have tilted it to. I, I feel like the the the. The match between them is just right in this movie, and 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 Trez being any younger would be even more uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was watching with my partner, and he was commenting like, "What's the age difference supposed to be?" And I was like, mm. "I don't know." I was like, you know, trying to. I was like, enough to make you say, "What's the age difference supposed to be?" But like. And, you know, there's, like, some moments, like, where there's, you know, like, a, some um, maternal elements are happening. But, like, I was like, okay, it's, it's the early 1950s, and Carol has a four-year-old, and, you know, Carol's probably not, like, 36 when she has this kid, you know, because mm -hmm. it's the early 1950s, so she's probably in her maybe early 30s or late 20s, and Therese is like, you know, 22 maybe, you're supposed to, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah. I was, yeah, that was like something that... Yeah, I, that feels like about what the movie is trying to tell us, and it's like, and, and I don't know, 
I actually, I'm curious. How do you feel like this relationship between them? Mm-hmm. Like, especially watching it a couple times now. I, obviously, it's very emotional. Mm-hmm. But do you have do you have feelings about like the dynamic? I guess. Oh, between Therese and Carol. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's funny how reserved. Like upon my second watch, I was like, I mean, obviously. There's a public reserve because, you know, it's it was even more of a dangerous time to be Carol and Therese in, in love um, in public. But even in private, there's so much reserve. And, and Carol is like in this emotionally unstable moment, which I think is why Abby is like, do you know what you're doing? And Carol's like, bitch, I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. <laughs> but Therese is like, hot, and I got the car, so I'm gonna go. <laughs> and, um, and I'm like, you know, like I see, like, I think for Therese, Carol is like her catalyst, you know? She's like, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> This is absolutely. Some, this is someone who's like catalyzing this turn in my life and maybe affirming something that I feel have felt about myself, or um, at the very least, is like, well, I'm willing to go on a freaking you know, uh, however long vacation with this person that I just met, mm-hmm. and I cannot bring myself to go to Paris with you know, uh, freaking dick. So I'm freaking out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. But it is like it is interesting. I think that's why I was feeling so sad for everyone because I was like, it's it's a doomed like even the way the movie starts like that meeting is so uncomfortable and so like mm-hmm. it's so terse like you can feel it and and it's like there are very few moments where I feel like they really can let themselves go and I think it's because they know that it's an impossible. Mm-hmm. relationship you know and it's just it's really sad to me um and yeah i do like like am thinking about carol's you know the injunction that's filed and her facing mm-hmm. like this lack of um you know having rindy taken away from her and um like wanting to be a mother and needing to fulfill that and then there's this young person who's like you know she like cares very much for like maybe but also you know is like doing her makeup and like um it's a, yeah it's almost like it's an interesting i'm gonna have to like you know maybe uh join in the next couple weeks and reanalyze their relationship <laughs> yeah, yeah, a couple more times yeah keep, it, it holds up to rewatch it it absolutely say. does and and i think because one of the things we we've been talking about a lot in the in our recent watches is how carol's really just kind of throwing herself at therese and mm. therese seems kind of oblivious to it mm. um in the scene where she's playing piano, Carol comes up and like massages her shoulders in the scene where they're doing their makeup in the McKinley hotel. Mm. Carol just like leans her face right up against Therese's and Therese looks away. Mm. Yeah. I don't, but also I don't know if it's like this ignorance of it or just like panic. (laughs) 
yeah like, oh god it's happening yeah what do I do? and you just like shut down because that's a feeling that i'm very familiar with yeah the yeah thing that i've wanted forever is happening and now i'm scared yeah and like <laughs> is you know what sh what do i do you know and like yeah. and just so much you know thinking about the time in which it's set like just even more layers of panic must mm -hmm. you know if that's the lens we're looking through the panic glasses like um <laughs> then <laughs> there's like so many more layers there you know and but yeah that's an interesting that's an interesting point because carol but carol's been here before you know carol's like yes not her first rodeo her pattern of behavior yeah yes and yeah her pattern of behavior um and <laughs> you know and therese is like you know obviously has not so mm -hmm. that's yeah that's interesting that's interesting I was thinking about how interesting it is or it must be to use one piece of art, you know, per se, a film to and and like, you know, it becomes sort of this common denominator to investigate many different parts of experience, whether it's like within the piece of art itself or as a foil to other things that are happening around you, you know, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I feel like this is one of those, like, one of those moments where um, the usefulness of that activity becomes very illuminated. Um, and it, it reminds. I will say that it feels like Carol doesn't change, but does. But we do. But it feels like Carol changes <laughs> yeah. every week. Sorry, you were saying. Something no, like yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah. I don't know. I, I would, I would, I just saw Ocean Vong speak. Um, oh yeah, and he said something about how, like, for you know, he was like, for artists, the there's, it's like they're like, you know, you write. Um, they they want you to be done with your questions after like you finish your book or whatever, and then you move on to your mm. other questions. And he was just like, for an artist, the question is never answered, you know. And I'm like, well, you know, the Carol question is never answered. We're we're constantly <laughs> <laughs> asking <laughs> Carol question mark <laughs> like um, Carol question. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you had to watch a movie every week and think about it. What movie do you think you would watch? Oh my god! Well, I the first thing that comes to mind is is a movie that I have watched many times, and that is Stranger Than Fiction. Um, oh yeah, because I basically like modeled my early adult life off of trying to be Mag Maggie <laughs> Gyllenhaal's character in that movie. <laughs> um, so I feel like that's another one that you know. There's a lot of it's like sort of an existential question and you know i i could probably watch that and get a lot out of it every time i i saw it yeah that movie has a lot of like thoughtfulness and interiority i think that's part of what was notable for will ferrell being in that movie because mm. up until then he'd probably just been like loud screaming guy on saturday night live <laughs> definitely <laughs> But I think I think that interiority is the key to make a, this sort of thing work. Because if like we're inspired by a podcast called the, the Worst Idea of All Time, and they watch Grown Ups Two every week for a year, <laughs> and I think there's no interiority in that movie at all. It's no. all surface or Sex in the City too, or yes. whatever. Oh, it just God. seems like a bad idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, it's just watching the same jokes over and over again and going, "Oh no." Mm -hmm. 
this doesn't hold up. Yeah. You, you don't have to question what the characters are thinking anytime because they just say it out loud. Yeah. They're very two dimensional. We did, I think, one of my favorite activities, Carol-related activities. So we're obsessed right now with the song Mint Julep, which is playing <laughs> when they pull up to Car- to Chicago. Oh, yeah. Wait. Uh, uh, how, uh, uh, I would blame it on the mint, mint julep. Mint julep. Yeah. Mint yeah, they, julep. They get drunk. And, um, be, uh, anyway, so we... Alice was pulling up covers, and for some reason, Anna Gasteyer did a cover yes. of Mint Julep, and it's like a funny... <laughs> Um, it's like a funny music video. It does the thing that we don't like in music videos where she decided to change the pronouns in a love song. Oh, God. Because she was just like, yeah, I met a dude and they were at a tavern. It was like, yeah. come on, Anna Gaster. Just- <laughs> also in the video, it was played by John Glazer, who I normally like, but it was a weird match. It was an <laughs> extremely weird movie. And without context, I have no idea what was happening. Yes. Uh, but then we did watch a cover, uh, a Mint Julep, where it, was, it wasn't a cover. It was just the song Mint Julep set to photos of apparently a dog, maybe, that was named Mint Julep. Oh. Um, and it was so like a puppy growing up. <laughs> Yeah, and oh then there were like lots of puppies, and it was there were videos. It was, it was great. Incredible. That's cute. Best music video. It's kind of infuriating because I'm sure Anna Gasteyer spent ten thousand dollars to make that music video. Oh, at least. But the better mis- music video is just pictures of dogs. You know. Yeah. Some, you know. A le- there's a lesson there. I think yeah. for all of us. Yeah. Simple is better sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I oh. now I know what I'm gonna do for my next music video. Yeah, oh. pictures of dog, pictures of my dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not a bad idea. You have a very cute dog, I will say. Thank oh, you. is there a cute? Okay, you got to show me. <laughs> Ooh, let me see if I can. Well, if I bring her up here, she'll never it's leave a... me alone. But um, it's Fair. okay. It's okay. I'll look at. I'll, I'll find. I'll, I'll, e- find I'll email you. I'll email you some collection. <laughs> <laughs> Just email every listener a picture of your dog. Really okay, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. She usually bothers me. Like she can't stand it when I do podcasts or zoom things she like mm-hmm. is yeah. she won't leave me alone but she's being well behaved right now so oh, she represents she appreciates queer conversation yeah cinema. and she, she has opinions and yeah. she has to be heard <laughs> <laughs> i also wanted to ask so carrie brownstein is in this movie very briefly mm-hmm. i know that you've had some of your songs used in films before have you ever been offered like a like a cameo or a, a small role in like an indie film or something like that? I haven't, but my one regret about um about when I did the movie song for Her Smell mm-hmm. is not writing into my I wouldn't even have to write it into the contract. I could have just been like asked the director like, "Can I be in the movie?" and he would have been like, "Yeah." Um mm-hmm. uh but I I regret not doing that. I did get to go on set and watch um, them film a few different scenes, which was like super surreal and really crazy because growing up, I really wanted to be an actor. Um, so it was really fun to be like, I'm on the movie set and like eating their M&Ms. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and it was like super crazy because I, I did theater, you know, when I was younger and so it's very chronological you know you feel like attached to the whole story because you're performing the whole story from start to finish but in a movie it's like you're saying like the same line you know like three times and then they're like okay that's that's good let's move on you know and then you can like completely Mm -hmm. change scenes it's very like non-synchronous and i was like Mm -hmm. oh man it takes it it made me appreciate 
the art of acting a lot more because you really don't have that much time to get into a scene. Like, you know, you're kind of like thrown into the scene. Um, And then it gets edited all together in this fabulous way. Um, But Alicia from Bully, who did the other songs for her smell, was in the movie and she was like a cool rock star, like backstage, like rolling Mm. joints. And I was like, man... (laughs) Could have been me. <laughs> I, that was that was directed by Alex Ross Perry, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah knowing that guy, he's writing three hundred page essays for the Blank Check podcast. He you could probably get in his next movie. Right? Yeah, I think he's yeah. approachable. Well, yeah, we we are in regular contact, so he would he would definitely like. Yeah, he's a he's he's a really super cool dude. He would definitely sure. Well, you know, if okay. you're listening, Alex. Yeah. You've never asked me if I've been in a movie, Alice. Laser, have you been in a movie? I was offered to have our mo- our our YouTube video licensed for the Emoji movie, <gasps> but I turned it down. Oh! Yeah. That is my closest to being in a movie. They were offering like $500 or something. Mm. Wow. And I was like, I don't think so. I feel like, and it, and it had some shithead as the main character, and I was like, I'm okay, I think. But it was truly wild they were like we want youtube videos uh-huh. and i was like this video has fifteen thousand views this is not i guess they thought they could pay us 500 dollars for it I, mm. i've recently watched a bunch of movies that feature video games and the thing they do now is they get twitch streamers to make cameo appearances like in free guy or yeah. this other really bad movie that i watched on a plane a few weeks ago <laughs> And and they get they they just get like like someone is a famous gamer and then they get they get someone to comment on them as if it's real. Yeah. Wow, that is crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that's the other Could crazy thing about making movies is like all this crazy shit happens. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like stuff like that. And it's like, why would how you know? Like, I don't know. Good for you, Laser. I'm I'm glad you said no. <laughs> the Emoji Movies got more money to pay you for that. That's the thing is like I will I'll do it for ten thousand dollars. I bet you have that. Well, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I would gladly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Okay, so when we send this, when we when we interview Todd Haynes and he makes Carol two, we're gonna get all the guests on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> small roles. Um, Paul Paul F. Tompkins said he wanted to be a host, a knowing host at a like at the Oak Room, who's who sees Carol and Therese and just gives them a wink, like you're, you're safe here. Ooh, um, cute. I famously want to be one of Abby's spies because we believe she runs a spy network, which is how she knows everything in the movie. <laughs> Um, laser, laser wants to be on the boat to Europe with uh, Richard and his new girlfriend and seduce the new girlfriend away. Yeah, Whoa. which seems pretty pretty doable. Yeah, I can do that. That's po- no problem. Ponytail and glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's I can get and no problem. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what what would you like to if if you could have a role in a Carol related property? <laughs> what what character would you want to play? The Carol oh cinematic my universe. God, this is tough. This is tough. Mm-hmm. It's fan fiction and casting. All yeah. right. Okay. So part of me wants to be like, um, like one of the ladies who checks him in at the hotel, uh, mm. and it's like very at- attractive, right? Yeah. Very, <laughs> are you sure you don't want the presidential suite? Um, <laughs> 
But, uh, you know, I'm just going to give you the presidential suite. I got a bottle of champagne <laughs> back here. Let's do it. <laughs> no. Let's push the beds together and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And, yeah. Or maybe like um, like a, another um, employee of the New York Times who's like, uh, mm. well, that's what, th- now I feel like you got to watch high art a little bit at least mm. because- okay. I was thinking about this through line because part of the plot is that the main character is, well, there's two main characters that fall in love, obviously. Um, And one of them is a photographer and the other one is like a photo editor at a magazine. Oh. And, you know, the photographer is like, oh, I don't really do art anymore you know and the photo editor like the premise is like hilarious like they're neighbors but they don't know and then there's a leak coming from the ceiling and so she goes upstairs and she's like hey like there's a leak and then they're having this like cocaine party and (laughs) they're like the leak yeah and they're like do you want to come in and she's like um i guess but like can i look at your toilet to like fix the leak and so she like goes in there and then like there's all these photos in the bathroom and she's like who took these photos and she's like oh me but like i never you know do photo anymore and she's like oh my god they're so great and then anyway so there was the like 90s yeah the 90s you know but i was yeah. like you know i was like this is an interesting um plot point uh, familiar yeah plot parallel yeah photos photos <laughs> all right well, we'll get you we'll get you that role of person at new york times mm-hmm. yeah thank you yeah the other non-man working at the new york Times. yeah <laughs> the one friends. non-man yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think that'll work. I I have no more questions than I know what I have a good episode title, so I'm happy. Okay. You mentioned at the top you had questions for us. Is there anything you'd like to ask us about the, the movie Carol? We are experts now. Oh yeah. Well, I kind of want to just ask about your experience. So, like, what do you oh, sure. think each week? Like, do you go into watching Carol with a different intention, or are you just like? open to the experience and you're like what's going to happen this week like what do i want to learn from this experience this week i will say i did that very much earlier in the year now it's kind of hope i find something new to hold on to (laughs) (laughs) i I love this i love this movie but because we can basically quote it front to back and i've been trying to figure out if i can do a staged reading a staged reenactment of the movie in five minutes um I'm trying to discover new things, I think. Yeah, we did. Like, I, I watched it muted once, and then I watched it kind of sound only on a train mm. once. Like, it was kind of like to see it. It works better uh, without sound than just sound because it's such a visual movie. And then you mm. kind of see the background characters more. Um, I want to watch it like in a different language or something. Yeah, we should do that. To see like how that changes, those performances change. Yeah. What it feels like. But yeah, no, I think it's fun. I'm I'm going through a very tumultuous period in my life right now. And so having Carol as like, first of all, a love story. And it's a lot about queer identity, which is a lot about what my life is. Um, it's kind of cool to just bring whatever my day is to this movie <laughs> yeah. and just be like, what would Abby say to me today? What is what what lines are standing out to me? You know, who am I today? And um, mm. I think... We were given advice early on by Tim Bat to 
that the lower we are in our human lives, the better our podcast will be. Yeah. Because he believes art comes from pain. Art comes from pain and only pain. <laughs> um, and uh, I don't know 100% that that is uh, the advice I'm going to follow for every endeavor I go on. But it is it is helping me feel okay about not being sad when I... because And also, Carol, Carol lifts me up. She lifts me up mm. on her beautiful, blonde, extremely set hair. So Yeah, her high cheekbones know. are just... Mm. Hmm. That just, smile. That yeah. smile. The higher the cheekbones, the closer to heaven. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um. Do you feel like you miss the characters in between each watch? Do you feel like you know Ooh. them? Do you feel like you could like, like you know, make your own like fan fiction based on how much you know about these characters? Oh, I absolutely could. <laughs> <laughs> Like what? Like when are you? Is really like the follow up question. Like when, oh when, oh, when, oh okay, yeah. it's a challenge. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh. This is a great. We should. We yeah, definitely should. I mean, we've we've talked about the, the prequel to Carol. The prequel Abby, to Carol. Abby. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which which is a which is a which is a my brilliant friend style series of novels going from when they were ten to the events of the movie. Oh and the book. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I. I'm excited about all of it. One of my favorite things, the thing that I'm really glad the movie doesn't do that I feel like it could do is say that Danny, the guy who's obsessed with film wrote the book or wrote the story. You know how that happens sometimes Mm -hmm. in movies where you find out one of the characters is the person who like wrote it. Um, And since Danny is like obsessed with movies, like it feels like kind of a thing that could happen, but maybe I'm just thinking too hard about it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do kind of feel like the those boys, like, I don't know. I want a better life for them. I want something more interesting. Um, I mean, I don't think Phil's got a lot going on, but yeah. Danny seems like he's okay. He's okay. And, oh, what is her name? We, uh, I've always liked Jeanette. 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 We, have the, we have this elaborate fantasy of Jeanette realizing that Carol is a lesbian being silently supportive. Yeah. Um, in, in the 50s and just like going to a queer bar to try to learn about being what lesbianism is to support her friend and inventing p flag or yeah something. yeah p starting p flag <laughs> totally yeah. wait okay wait jeanette is the person who she, at the party where she's like don't tell si i'm smoking he doesn't oh yeah and is like come to my house her- for christmas and yeah okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh i like that that's fun maybe she puts on a mm-hmm. pair of pants or something yeah oh yes <laughs> yes <laughs> I'm well, cool. Okay. I'm yeah. Cool. <laughs> well, and then there's also that scene because that reminds me of the scene where I guess it's where Ter- Therese is in. Maybe she's buying the record, the record shop. Yeah. And then yes. there's the two, you know, the, the, the two. The, the, the New York lesbians. Corner. Yeah. And they're like yes. giving her the eye. And she's like, are you? Is it? Oh, you know. <laughs> it's like that kombucha <laughs> meme where, you know, uh-huh. it's like, it's like. You know, um. <laughs> it's exactly what it's like. Uh, absolutely, you gotta side to side that. Yeah. Um, we have taken up so much of your time. Yes. Thank you for being on our podcast and talking about Carol. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to be here. I am. It's such an honor, and I am really, really grateful for this um, 
this really nice conversation. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Anytime. We do it a lot. We do it every week. Um, (laughs) Obviously people need to come see you on tour. They need to find your Patreon. Is there like a best place that you want to send anyone who's new? Um, I have this thing called Zazam, which is like, like a link tree, but someone emailed me and was like, you should have this instead. And I was like, okay. So it's zazam.com slash Anika Pyle. And that's has my little mm-hmm. link tree. But my website has that all too. That's anikapyle.com. Um, Amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I also want to say I'm, I've been a member of your Patreon and it's wonderful. Nika writes a, a wonderful like essay and meditation on what's going on every month. There's monthly live streams, there's song demos and things. It's really great. Thanks, Alice. Check that out. Thank you. Check it out. Amazing. Okay. Well, um, with that, I will say how we end every podcast, which is, bitch, I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. Wait, sorry. Give it to me again. Bitch, I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. Bitch, I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. Living for you is easy living, it's easy to live When you're in love and I'm so in love There's nothing in life but you The Best Idea of All Time is hosted by Laser and Alice. Our theme song is Easy Living, as performed by Flowerless. Find more information about them in our show notes. The show is edited and produced by me, Alice, and as our friend Tim Bat says, everyone should go to bestidea.gay. And if you have thoughts about the podcast, you can email us at at bestidea.gay. Please tell your friends about this show, especially if you are friends with Kate Blanchett. Six extra children from a get frisky. Mint julep. Mint julep. Mint julep. Mm-hmm. Mint julep. Mint julep. <laughs>